Hello, and welcome back to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast. My name is Allison Ward, NALFA's Membership and Operations Associate. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Beth Dunning, Compliance Project Manager at the Nevada Rural Housing Authority, to discuss the Desert Properties Project that brought home the NALFA Award of Excellence in 2020. Thank you for joining us today, and congratulations again on your award-winning project. Thank you. All right, without further ado, let's dive right in. So briefly, can you tell me more about you, your role, and the community development group at the Nevada Rural Housing? Sure. The community development group is a department of Nevada Rural Housing that works with the rural cities and counties and towns of Nevada to determine the need for affordable housing and how we can best help those local governments to achieve whatever needs they have. My role as the compliance project manager, once we determine what those projects are, my role is to work with departments within Nevada Rural Housing, with our lenders, investors, tenants, the design team, and construction to ensure that we're building everything that we've promised per the rules and regulations of our different funding sources. So during a due diligence period before we close, I order third-party reports and get market studies, environmental reports, things of that sort to pass along to the investors to ensure that we're building a safe and financially sound project. During construction, I work with um, the tenants, the construction team, the design team to make sure that we're working within budget and, and building everything again that we've promised. And then the closeout period is to follow up on documentation with the investors pay off construction loans, and uh, turn the property over to our real estate operations team, which then works with property management to uh, protect the asset throughout the rest of its life. All right. Thank you. Can you give me some of the background on the desert properties, where they're located, where their makeup, and who they serve? Desert Properties is an, apart- is an apartment complex that is on US 95 in Nevada, kind of the middle of nowhere between Reno and Las Vegas. It has a population of a little over 2,500 people, so it's very small. It's an old mining town and still looks like an old mining town in many ways. Desert is on the main street or the main highway as you come into town from Las Vegas. It sits across from a, a casino where a lot of tourist people would stop or people traveling between Reno and Vegas would stop. When we purchased it, it was a very uninviting property. Um, There were actually two pieces to the property. It was USDA funded, which means that it had rural um, rental assistance on it. There were two pieces to the property. There were 36 units of family units and 20 units of senior. The neighboring property had another 24 units of uh, family for a total campus of 80 units. We purchased both and combined them into one bigger campus that looks, has a, it has a more uniform look. And we purchased a property in between the two that had an old block feed store on it. And we turned that into a beautiful new community building and office. The, as I said, both, properties had USDA rental assistance, and they were serving people below 60% AMI. The median income household for that area is 
37,400 for individual and 47,917 for family. So very low income area. All right. Definitely sounds like you have a wide range of opportunities available. <laughs> there were a lot of opportunities at this property. Absolutely. So how did the desert properties come into the Nevada rural housing portfolio? Well, we were looking uh, for additional properties to add to our portfolio. And this one came to us through a, an, another affordable housing builder in the state. And they were interested in selling it. We went and looked at it. It had some good opportunity, as I said, that there is definitely a need for affordable housing in Tonopah. So we were looking at availability um, around the town because if we purchased it, we were going to need someplace to temporarily relocate tenants while we did the rehab on the property. So the town, as I said, is very much an old west town. If you drive down the side streets from the main area of town, you might see an old mining shack next to a manufactured home, next to a stick built home, next to another old rundown mining shack. It's a very interesting area. And there were a few other apartment complexes. There's some older motels that are sort of used for weekly rentals. The, there was a nicer, apartment property on the north side of town that maintains its occupancy at 100% most of the time. We couldn't, we couldn't even find one there to use for our tenants temporarily. So um, as I said, we, we, we acquired this property, the one next door, and then decided to purchase the building in the middle of the two properties to create one big campus and together, this combined process created 80 units of affordable housing in a town that had no other affordable housing. It, it maintained that affordable housing for the area as, as well as just Im improving it because it was rather run down. It looked pretty sad when we, when we acquired it. Well, I'm glad you guys acquired it and you built it up to what it is right now. Yes, and none of those other, there, there are, as I said, there are some other apartment complexes, but none of them have rental assistance. So if you're in that very low income bracket, there wasn't a lot of options for you. Well, there sure are a lot of options now. So the desert properties were recognized by NALFA with an award of excellence. In the project detail in the battle rural housing described the uniqueness of the property acquisition and ultimate rehab work done. Can you describe that to our listeners? I understand the capital stack was a bit complex and you were up against some truly unprecedented circumstances. Yeah, the capital stack on this was unique. We had 10 different funding sources that were coming together for the financial closing on this property. And even our investor that has a lot of experience in affordable housing said this was probably the most number of different funding sources they had worked with. We had a USDA 538 loan that we were using for our construction loan. There was a seller's note on the property from NRHA. There were MPR funds, which is a funding source from the USDA that had been awarded to the property two years prior to us acquiring it, but hadn't been used yet. 
there was an existing USDA 515 loan on the property, which we, uh, which we just transferred over to us. There were home funds from Nevada Housing Division. There were TCAP funds from the Nevada Housing Division, GAP funds from the Nevada Housing Division. We requested AHP funds from the Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco, as well as the limited partner equity. It was a 4% bond project. So there was bonding that we did through Nevada Housing Division and then the 4% tax credits that, that go along with the bond process. So it was, it was a large task to get all of those people with every, with every person that's participating and putting together the actual loan. So with every financial person that is with those different agencies, there's also an attorney that's assigned to make sure that all the documentation is, is together and put together well. So when you're doing a weekly due diligence calls, it wasn't uncommon to have like 20 people on those calls all vying to make sure that their paperwork was being reviewed and included all the proper documentation to make sure that each entity is protected in its own way and that the project was going to go off well. We were also working with a new title company that had never done a closing like this before. We almost lost the deal at the very end because all of these people are in different areas. We're all doing this over phone calls and FedEx and uh, digital signatures. And uh, we had our investor group in Oregon and Washington, our USDA group in Las Vegas. There was the title company in Las Vegas. Uh, the existing owner was in Ely. And then we were in Carson City and Bonneville, our um our construction lender was out of Utah. So everybody's shuffling documents to the title company and they waited a little bit to the last minute to check everything. And we almost, we almost had everything come apart at the last minute because we were missing a few signature documents. We were able to come up with a plan and got those overnighted to the right areas and, and pulled it back together. And then on top of that, there was the pending government shutdown, which drastically affects USDA and our ability to work with them. So there were a lot of challenges together to make this um, financing come together. It was really interesting. Sounds like it was definitely a team effort. It was very much a team effort. There was, there was a lot of back and forth on those phone calls. Like I said, the attorneys go back and forth and, and come up with language that everybody can live with. And I think the day that the missing document came up, there was just dead silence on the phone until we had a few people make some proposals. What if we do this? What if we do that? And get it back on track because nobody wanted it to fall apart. This is uh, bond funding had not been used uh, in the state of Nevada on a rural property like this before. So it was a very big deal for everybody. And um, it, was, it was something everybody had an interest in making work. Sounds like you have a pretty incredible team. So kind of along the same vein, um, what makes development or in this case rehabilitation work different or more challenging in rural Nevada, as opposed to a more metro area? Well, rehab work is definitely more challenging than new construction in a lot of ways, because you're working with a building that was, this, this particular property was built in 1980 and hadn't had any major reconstructive um, properties 
capital needs done to it in a, in that whole like 30 years. So you go into a project like that, having a best guess at what you're going to run into, but you never, you never quite know what exactly is going to be there. You can run into asbestos that has to be abated, things like that. Um, on top of that, you're dealing with a rural area where you don't have a lot of subcontractors that you can pull from. So our general contractor that worked with us was out of Las Vegas, and they pulled a lot of their team from the Las Vegas area. So then all of your workforce is traveling the four hours from Vegas to Tonopah to work. And during the week, they're having to find housing. Our general contractor purchased some trailers and found a place that they could park um, RV trailers for their staff to live in while they were working there. Uh, they found apartments where they could. Uh, a lot of the subcontractors were also bringing trailers up and finding places to stay. So you're paying a little bit more of a premium to get those people to come and work up there. And then when you add on top of that, the fact that work in Reno and Las Vegas is not scarce. There is a ton of development going on in both of those larger areas. So trying to convince a, a really good subcontractor that he needs to drive four hours away to Tonopah to do some work on a little rural property is not always an easy thing. So again, you're going you're gonna to pay a premium for that. So it, it, it just, it, it, everything gets compounded. We were dealing with a building department that in Tonopah is the, is the county seat for Nye County, but the building department is out of Pahrump, which is a larger town south and closer to Las Vegas. The building department coming out of Pahrump said that the only concerns they had for our property was like the only reason that they would do an inspection or a review was if you were building something that required uh, fire fire sprinklers or was a manufactured home. And none of that applied to our property. It was an existing property. So we ended up having to pay the building department a fee to come in and do their regular inspections that they would normally do on a property in the room. So on top of everything else we're paying, now we're paying the building department to come and do their job to inspect to make sure that we're building everything safely and up to code. So it was it was quite challenging. So taking those challenges, what did your team learn from this development project that you're using to help inform future projects? Well, I think that we learned that our, our, um, our mission at Nevada Rural Housing is to promote, provide, and finance affordable housing opportunities for all rural Nevadans. And I think that really came true with this property because we we looked at this property and how sad and depressing it was. It was just this drab little property. It was painted tan. It sort of blended into the desert scape behind the scenes. And I think that despite all of the struggles that we had, it, this really improved the property for the tenants. Our property manager, took new pride in managing the property and working with the tenants to bring up their housekeeping skills. Now that we had given them brand, a brand new property to live in, the apartments got fixed up. They had this hideous brown siding from the 70s on there and we gave them new white drywall, 
new vinyl plank flooring, it just really increased the, the visual of the property. And it gave the tenants um, a new pride in their property. We gave them beautiful new office and community space that where they can gather and they can get together, they can have barbecues. They have a brand new playground, a half court basketball court, new laundry facility. It's just this brand new paint job so that now when you drive past it and you're looking at it across from the casino across the street, it's no longer this tired little property. It has pop and color and vibrancy. And I think that adds to the, I think that adds to the community as well as the tenants and as well as fulfilling our, our mission. Um, we learned about the 4% bond process and the timing and making sure that we, you know, pull everything together in a timely manner to get things closed on time to make sure that we can put these projects on. We learned about the rural communities and a lot of these rural communities, they work, um, they're independent from anything around them. So when you're working with the building department, you're really working with that building department to make sure that you're building stuff up to their codes and their requirements and building those relationships with those smaller rural communities. Um, and it helps us to build a team around us with our investors and our lenders who are familiar with these rural areas so that we can go out and we know what to expect when we go into a new, a new rural community. None of them are exactly the same, but I think that we have a better understanding of, of how they function and how we can work with them to give them the things that they need. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful. So thank you, Beth, for joining me today. I know our listeners will value your expertise and experience. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to talk to you. It was a great project and we're very proud of it. Absolutely. So thank you again for listening to the Nalpha Affordable Housing Podcast. Be sure to join us next time for more insightful affordable housing discussions.